prepare the ground. God spoke to me about if we, as individuals, as families, as a church, are really going to receive the harvest that God has prepared for us, then we need to prepare the ground in order to receive it. Amen? And in order to do that, just this morning for a few minutes, I want to ask you to really think like Christ thinks, if you can, this morning. I really want you to try to get outside of your own box of what you do every day and all of your issues and problems and sort of try to step outside of that and sort of try to see God's perspective on life and on church and on on what you go through this morning. I like in Philippians when Paul said, let nothing be done through selfish ambition, come on, or selfish conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. And then he goes on to say this, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And here's the crux of it, and this is what I want us to do this morning as as God speaks to all of us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. We really need to put on the mind of Christ this morning. And it takes a little different perspective, okay? So instead of looking for what's wrong, we need to look for what's right. And... For those things that are wrong, that's not to say that there are not some things that are wrong, not some issues, but those things that are wrong, let's see how we can be instruments for the Lord to then build those things up and allow God to breathe life into some things to build up and not just discard everything. See, there's a, there's a, there's a line and we have to understand this line and this takes us putting on the mind of Christ to understand where this line is. You see, when, it's like when God told Peter, Peter said, I'm not going to eat this because it's not clean. And God said, listen, don't call something unclean that I have cleaned up. And so I think one of the mistakes we make is we discard a lot of things that God has really cleaned up. And the line is, I believe the mistake that some in the church have made and society as a whole have made is they allow some things that God has not cleaned up. You see, God has never said that, oh, now homosexuality and single or and uh, same-sex marriage is okay. He has never come along and said that uh, profanity and nudity on TV, well, that's just the norm, so now that's okay. But we begin to allow that. We begin to ourselves as a society begin to make decisions for God. And we can't do that. But by the same token, on the other hand, one of the things we do as a church is we have that mentality and then we begin to discard some things that God has cleaned up. And so we need to understand those things and those people that God has cleaned up and not discard them, not look down on them. We need to see, Lord, what do I need to do to build them up? Because there is no one that you look at, no one that you lay eyes on that God does not love. And it doesn't mean they've made the decision for the Lord, 
But it does mean that, listen, you are a relational evangelist. How you live your life and what you say every day. And we need to encourage them. We need to lift them up. Or even those things in our life. And I'll talk about that in just a little bit. That we discard, but God is breathing life into. We need to be sensitive to that. We need to understand the season, the time and the season that we're in. And I just want to speak with you a little bit about the work of the Holy Spirit. This is what it takes. It takes a work of the Holy Spirit. And our part in that work, how we have to prepare for what God is doing. I really believe that some exciting things are happening. And I'm not just talking about the transition here. I mean in the church as a whole, and especially as it relates to Life Church. I really do believe that. I believe, some, I believe that uh, the end of this year and then next year, God is going to do some things that we've never seen before. I do. I believe it. I believe it. I, I believe he's going to do some things through some people. We're going to go out and evangelize. We're going to bring people in. People are going to be healed. Uh, like not just, I'm not talking about just the common cold. I mean, people are going to be healed. Come on now. God is going to do some things this next year, and I'm not afraid to speak it. I mean, some marriages are going to be healed. Come on, some relationships are going to be put back together that the devil thought he had a grip on. And God's going to come and snatch that thing back to himself because we're going to accept and we're going to prepare the ground. God is going to do an awakening in us. And he's awakening us. And I really feel that something is really stirring, saints. And I think about that. And I just want to speak about the preparation. I believe it's a new season. New season is coming. And really, it's upon us, if you think about it. And I believe that this season is going to be great. Holy Spirit's going to do great things. I just really believe that that God and the Holy Spirit are up to something. And with all of my frustrations, (laughs) come on, who has some frustrations sometimes? With so many things that are going on, I'm here to tell you that I am so encouraged. God so encouraged me even this past week. In fact, I'm more encouraged now than I've ever been in my life. I really am. And it's not because of any circumstance. No, no one, I didn't win the lotto. You know, that's not about a promotion at work or anything. Just this past week, God just began to speak to me and encourage me. And all that you see around you in the world, don't be discouraged. Be encouraged because God is in charge. And God is saying, if you would simply follow my plan. Now, I know Americans think that Barack is in charge. And some folks in England think the king and the queen of the parliament are in charge and all of that. But I'm here to tell you that God is in charge. And so don't worry about it. God is in charge. Leviticus 26.3 says, if you, here's the first ever for you computer people. The first ever if-then-else uh, if statement. Ever. In Leviticus. It's not in Microsoft manual. Leviticus 26.3. I don't have it up. Don't look for it. That's okay, Lauren. I, you just have to believe me. It says, if you walk, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform then, them, then, if you walk, Then I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. But it's an if-then statement. So if you do not walk in my statutes, and if you do not keep my, come on now, 
you do not perform my statutes and my commands, then it will not rain on you. The land shall not produce its fruit in season. You ever wonder why the land is not producing fruit? Maybe sometimes, and I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes because I'm, maybe sometimes we need to look in the mirror and say, am I keeping his commandments? Am I walking in his statutes? And so God is speaking to us, saints. God is speaking to us this morning. And I believe it's for right now that we need to prepare the ground of our heart. If you have your Bibles this morning, go to Matthew chapter 13. And, and I want to, before we get there, I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about what the Holy Spirit's work in this whole thing and why, why God wants us to prepare the ground, why he wants us to prepare the ground of our heart. Because the Holy Spirit this morning wants to do a work in us. He wants to quicken us. And he wants to quicken some things in our life. And I just want to talk to you a little bit about this word quicken and what it means. Raise our Holy Spirit IQ a little bit. God wants to quicken some things. Here's what this word quicken means. It means to to make alive. To cause to be enlivened. It means to revive or stimulate to life. This is the work of the Holy Spirit I'm talking about. It means to kindle or to cause to burn more intensely. It means to come to life and to shine more brightly. Quicken. This was the work of the Holy Spirit. Come on, how many people have some things in their life that were alive that may seem dead now? Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that God wants to revive or stimulate some things in your life. Some of those things that you are calling dead, come on, God will revive by His Spirit. You're not too old. You're not too young. God will revive those things. He has the power and the willingness to do it. We're going to speak, in other words, what was dead, what was less than, to what has been shortened, it speaks to what was weak, and it comes from a word from the Lord, and it quickens. Everything that has ever happened begins with a word, a word from the Lord. And when that word comes, it quickens. But if the ground is not prepared, it will not receive the quickening of God. And so we have to prepare the ground. Listen to Romans 8, 11. It says this, in the King James Version, it says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Listen to it in the New King James Version. It says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also, and there's that word quicken, give life. Give life to your mortal bodies. And so this word quicken we see means to give life to. Whether it's new life or whether it's reviving the life in a thing that was dead. And I want to speak to you this morning about the Holy Spirit's desire to quicken in every area of our life. I believe there are some things that need to be brought to life. 
And there are some things that need to be brought back to life that God wants to quicken. God wants to quicken some things. And listen, it's not just a matter of speaking it. We have to do some things. We cannot just sit like a couch potato or like my grandfather used to to say, a bump on a log. We cannot just sit there and say, okay, Lord, quicken me. There's a part that we play in this whole thing. Because God could do that. God could do that. He could have just made us all robots and we never would have sinned. But he didn't do that. He gave us a choice, a little thing called free will. And so we have a part in this thing. And so for the Holy Spirit to complete his work in you and in this church, we have to prepare the ground. There's an example that Jesus gives here in Matthew 13 of what we need to do to prepare for this quickening. We just can't sit back and wait for the Holy Spirit to do it. We have to do our part. And this is what God really spoke to me as I was saying, Lord, what else can I do? Do I, I, I need to I read more, pray more? Uh, what is it that I need to do? And here's what he showed me. Took me back to this very familiar parable. You know the parable. Matthew 13, verse 1. It says, on the same day, Jesus went out of the house, sat by the sea, and the great multitudes were gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. Well, the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony ground. Well, those that fell on stony places, they did not have much earth, and so they could not take root. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some seed fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground. Good ground. And yielded a crop. Some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Now we know this is the parable of the sower. And what I'm talking about is God wanting to come right now in this hour, in this church, life church, and prepare us for what is coming. He's about to do a stirring, and so we can be on the boat. See, it's going to happen. We can be a part of it, or we can watch it as it goes by. But it's going to happen. You see, we understand that, the word, that, that seed is the word of God that the sower is sowing. And he threw it basically on four types of soil. Some ground was hard. Some of the ground was hard. And what happened to that? That hard ground, the birds came and they ate the seed. Come on, some of us have some hard ground. And some of it fell on stony and shallow ground. Well, when it fell on that ground, the seed was not able to take root, and so it sprang up, but the sun scorched it right away. It had no depth. 
some of our ground is not very deep. Some are a little shallow. Come on, help us, Lord. Some seed was sown on the ground where there were weeds and thistles and thorns and a bunch of other stuff. And so where it fell on that ground, all of those weeds and thorns and thistles began to choke the would-be harvest. Choked it out. Harvest could have been good. Might have been good fruit, great fruit. But guess what? All this, these other weeds and thistles and thorns in there choked it out. And then some was sown on good soil. Good soil. Reading the scripture, we realize that that seed is the word. We also see these outside forces coming and destroying the seed in three of the four circumstances that happened. Three of the four circumstances, outside forces came in and destroyed that seed. And according to this example, if you really read it and take it in, Jesus gave us only one way for us to protect our seed. Only one. I'll bet the enemy just laughs at us sometimes. I I really do. And again, I'm not confessing or professing anything about the enemy, but I, I really bet that he just laughs at us sometimes. He says, go ahead, have your fun at church, sing and dance and hear sermons and give and fellowship and do all of those things because guess what? As soon as church is over, as soon as you walk out that door, I'm going to steal that seed right out of your mouth, right out of your ground. That's what the enemy's saying. So go ahead, have fun, do what you want to do because I'm going to steal that seed right out of your heart. And guess what? We allow it. It's on us. We allow it to happen. You see, that's why it's, and I've, you know, I've been in, I've been in church a long time, all my life, and I've seen some services that have been disturbed where the enemy has tried to come in. But you know what? For the most part, the enemy doesn't mess with church services. For the most part, in, in my experience, anyway, we have a good time. We stomp on the enemy and go to the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from us, and you know, we victory is mine, and we do all those things in church. But where the enemy gets us is when we walk out the doors. And go to work. Right? And that boss filled with the devil. Or that co-worker. Or that family member. Gets on our nerves. The devil comes and steals that seed. Right out. But Jesus told us how to prevent that. He said there is only one ground that was ready. Somebody say I'm ready. One more time I'm ready. Okay, now, this is what I want you to do. This time, I want you to say I'm ready one more time. But if you're really not ready, don't say I'm ready. Or don't say I'm ready just because, you know, Mike is up there, you know, bald head guy. He wants us to say I'm ready, so I'll say it so he'll shut up, you know, that type of thing. But if you're really ready, then say I'm ready with me. Come on, let's say it. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yes, I am ready. I'm preparing my heart. And we have got to be ready for what God is going to do. We can't just come in here week after week and do our, sort of put in our church time. I've done my church time. Because I'm, I'm done with that. If it's just about that, then I don't need to come to church. I could sit and, you know, cook some wings and wait for the football game to come on. If, if that was the case, if it's just putting in church time, I'm tired of putting in time for stuff. No more putting in church time. 
We got to prepare saints like we've never prepared before. Life Church, I'm talking to. And often, often when, when you hear messages from me, I, I really am referring to both us in our personal lives and us as a church. They really go parallel. Us in our personal, this, this applies to us in our personal lives and our families, and it applies to our church, Life Church. We really have got to prepare, church. We've got to be ready. The seed in and of itself, no matter where it goes, is good. The seed is good. The word is good. It's not the seed that has the problem. Seed never has a problem. The word of God is good. And so the seed in and of itself is pure. God's word is pure. Come on. The seed itself has vitality. It has life in it. The word of God has the ability to bring forth increase. Come on. And harvest. The seed is good. Yet there is only one place where that seed can bear fruit. Only one. Though the seed is good. And that is if it falls on good ground that is ready. Come on, we got to be ready. It doesn't matter. The life, the power, the increase, none of that. The harvest, none of it will come forth. The harvest will not be activated because of the soil. I hope you're hearing what the Lord is saying. Because I'm listening to what he's saying this morning. This soil has to be ready. So until the soil is made good, the seed will yield no increase. Well, how many want increase in your life? Increase in relationships, finances. Come on, health. I want to walk in divine health. When I pray with my wife, one of the things I pray for her is, Lord, give her the, give her the power to walk in divine health today. Mentally, physically, everywhere. Spiritually, give her that ability. Till the soil is made good, the seed will yield no increase. Seed can be watered with rain. It can be warmed with the sun. But if the soil is not ready, there's going to be no harvest. And so the Lord, I believe, is speaking. Speaking to me as we prepare here in the church for what God is going to do. And as we prepare our own personal lives for what God uh, wants to do, we need to declare that the ground must be changed. It must be changed. As much as we have done over the last few years in this place, uh, if, you, if you've been here for some years, you know that uh, it looked much different in this place before, just physically. It looked much different. And as we've renovated and done all of that to the building, even more so, you and I have to change in here in order for the harvest to come. Because the new seats and the carpet and all of this is just a part of it. But this is what really has to change. We really have to be prepared for what God wants to do. It's about getting us ready. It's about getting us prepared. It's about getting our soil to be good soil and good ground. No farmer, listen, no farmer will go out and just throw his seed on the ground without first preparing that ground. A smart farmer understands that the ground must be ready. It must be tilled. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me saying that he is coming to quicken in this hour the church and he wants to stir up the ground. Often in, in, in my prayers, I pray, Lord, please till the ground of my heart. 
till the ground of my heart that it will be fertile ground that when your seed is planted, it will bring forth fruit in my life. And God even adjusted that for me. He said, yeah, that's a good prayer. He said, but here's what I want you to do. You till the ground of your heart because I'm going to sow the seed, but you have to prepare your heart. Come on, you're not a baby any longer. (laughs) You You don't need the milk. You need the meat, and you need to begin to till the ground of your heart with the decisions that you make every day. Come on. That's what he spoke to me. The Spirit of God is coming to, and, and, and here's the word, here's the word. He's coming today to quicken because that seed is sown, and if it falls on good ground, I hear the Spirit can do his work. He comes in and he quickens it. He makes it alive. He revives it. That seed that he's planted in you and in this church. He's coming to quicken and he's coming to stir up the ground of our heart. But we need to first examine ourselves and see what kind of ground we have. Here's where it starts. We need to look in the mirror and say, what kind of ground do I have? Do you have hard ground? Then we need to do some work. We need to get out that rake. I'm not talking about the leaf rake. You know the rake I'm talking about, the garden rake, the the heavy. Come on, we need to get that thing out. Some of us need to get a tiller. What's the thing that you... In the fall, we need to get that thing. You, that's right. <laughs> aerate. Some of us need to aerate. Come on. And then maybe you don't think it is, but it really is. Do you have a shallowness about you? Come on. This is when you don't really pray that often. You pray maybe once a week or when something happens. When somebody calls you to pray, you pray. And then maybe over your food. And you don't read your word all that often. You know, really what it boils down to is you really don't know the Lord all that well. You know, he knows you, but you really don't know him all that well. And if that's you, then you just need to go deep. You need to go deep. Just like Andrew Luck tells Wayne, go deep. You need to go deep. Go on out there. Cast it out into the deep. Come on. Time for shallowness is over. Time for tiptoeing through the tulips is over. (laughs) Come on. We need to go deep. But what does that mean? That means get you a concordance. Come on. Study some things. Find out what the Greek word means. Come on now. Find out what it means. Listen to a few more sermons. Read some godly books. Come on. I know you like the Hunger Games. But let's read some, let's read some, <laughs> I've been talking to somebody else, you never know. Uh, <laughs> you need to go deep. Come on now, get your concordance out, study some things out. What did God mean when he said these things? That's not just for the pastor and theologians. You can do that too. Come on, take some classes. Go deep, study, put in the time. You know, that's really what it's about, putting in the time. That's what it is. We don't have time. Well, guess what? What if God said that to you? Oh, Lord, I need a healing. The doctor found this lump. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing, I'm busy right now. Can you make an appointment? You know, right? That's what we say. That's that's really what we say. When we say, I don't have time, I'll get to it. God says, okay. Find out about this God that you sing about every Sunday that you come in. Do you have fallow ground? Heard that term before? See, I had to study that because I always heard fallow ground. And I was like, what is fallow ground? 
Well, fallow ground is ground where you've allowed weeds and thorns to come in and spoil it. Maybe the ground has been sitting for a while and not been tended to. It was fertile at one time, but you've not paid attention to it in a while. Some fallow ground and thorns and weeds have come in and spoiled it. Listening and indulging in non-profitable conversations over a long period of time can aid to your fallow ground. What you are watching on TV, what you are reading in books, come on. That can aid to your fallow ground. And I'll tell you a different way also you can have fallow ground. Here's another way. Not just those things, but listen, did you ever have a dream or a purpose you felt like God gave to you? And maybe it didn't happen right away like you thought it would happen. And then so you set it aside and said, okay, well, forget about that. Maybe, maybe you were hurt. Maybe you were embarrassed because the thing didn't happen. You were so excited about it and you told everybody about it, but it didn't come to pass. And so now you put it aside. Come on now. Now it's fallow ground, but guess what? God wants to quicken some things in that ground. He's ready to quicken some things in that ground because guess what? Now the fullness of time has come. You didn't realize it wasn't time, but now it's time. And now the ground is fallow, so we have some work to do. Before he can quicken it, before he can throw the seed there, we have to break up that fallow ground. And listen, I don't know about you, but I, I believe I have come to a place where I've just been saying to God lately, listen, God, you know what? I am just not happy with my ground. I'm not happy with the condition of my soil. Change the soil, God says. Then change it. Because God is telling you this morning, I am still here to quicken. I still have the ability. I have not gone anywhere. Though you have tarried, though you have let your ground become fallow, guess what? I'm still here. And if you would simply change the soil, I can still quicken the ground right where you are right now. And it has nothing to do with your abilities or your gifts. It has everything to do with you tilling the ground of your heart. And I say to the Lord, I want your seed to come in. And when it does, I want to find good soil. So that when it's planted, it brings forth fruit in my life. I am tired. If you're, I don't know if you're like me or not, but I'm tired of being a Christian that does not bring forth all the fruit that I should bring forth. Come on. I'm just, uh, isn't somebody sick and tired of being sick and tired? Sick and tired of being sick and tired. Come on now. And I know I can't speak for you, but I know I'm speaking to someone who is just tired of being sick and tired. Come on, and maybe you don't know the problem, or maybe you think money will fix it. Or maybe you think a new house or a new car will fix your problem. But I'm here to tell you that those things, though they might be a blessing for a moment, are just a band-aid on what God really wants to do. Come on, it's that old saying about give a man a fish, then he won't be hungry today. But teach him the fish, and he will never hunger again. And that's what God wants to do with us this morning. 
you know, a couple of other brothers, I'm going with a couple of other brothers, Jeff and, and Brother Keith, over to uh, the Philippines a little bit later on uh, this year. And, you know, we've been having some meetings just about uh, what we're going to share and, and, and what we're going to do over there. And, boy, they have an itinerary, don't they, Jeff? They, I mean, it's full. Believe me. It's, and, but one of the things we've been talking about is, listen, uh, we want to teach you the kingdom ways as God teaches us so that you will not always have to have a handout. Come on now but that you will be able to till the ground of your heart and till that ground there in the Philippines and make it fertile soil so that it will bring forth fruit that you then can now help somebody else by not just giving them a fish, but teaching them how to fish. God's really sharing that with us. Look at your soil and if there's some stones here, take them out. Come on, if there's some weeds in here, pull them up. If you see some birds flying around trying to get your seed, shoot, get them out of there. Come on. We have some work to do. We need to be ready. There's a season of preparation of soil. Come on. It really is. The question is, are we ready? I believe he's about to do some things in your life. He really is. And he's saying to us, Life Church, are you ready? And if you're not, get ready. Come on. Get ready. Come on now. Get quickened. Spirit of God wants to quicken some things in our life and in our church. You see, quickening is a ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you some verses here. John 6, 63 says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Too many of us are looking to profit in the flesh. But the flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you, Jesus said, are spirit and they are, look, life. They are quickening. They are life to you. The Word of God. 2 Corinthians 3.6 says, who, al- who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not the letter, but the Spirit. Why? Because the letter kills, but the Spirit gives quickening. The Spirit of God gives life. That's what he's going to do. He's going to breathe life into some dead things, saints. Come on, God is here even this morning. He's ready to breathe life into some dead things this morning. He's going to give life to the seed that he's planted if we're ready, if that ground is ready. He said, not only will I give you life, but I want to give it to you more abundantly than you've ever known before. In fact, he went on to say that not only will, I, will you do the works that I have done, but you will do greater works than I have ever done. This is what Jesus is telling us this morning. And I don't know about you, but as I look around in the church, I don't really see greater works than Jesus has done. But I'm not discouraged about it. I'm encouraged because guess what? We can. We can. We just need, the whole, we need more Holy Spirit activity in our lives. Because he quickens. He brings life. Now here are four aspects of quickening when it comes. Come on, we're about to wrap up. Four aspects of quickening. If our ground is ready, this is what God wants to do. Number one, quickening comes to give life. It comes to give life. Number two, it comes to restore life. Come on, some things that you thought were dead. God will quicken and bring that thing right back to life as if it never died in the first place. Go right along. Number three, it comes to extend life. And then number four, to expand life more abundantly than you've ever known 
That's what God wants to do. Expand your life. Expand your life more abundantly than you've ever known. We first see this giving life in back in Genesis 2-7. You know it. He says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he did what? He breathed. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. You know what he did? He quickened man. He quickened him. God took dirt, formed it, put his image on it, and then he breathed into it. God wants to breathe some things into some ministries. He wants to breathe some things into some relationships. Come on, into your job, into some businesses. God wants to breathe and give life. The quickening of, quickening of God, that's the Holy Spirit activity. He comes to restore life. The God who opens up tombs and speaks to the dead. Can we just allow God to speak to some dead things this morning? Will you just receive it as God speaks to some dead things this morning? Will you receive it? Come on. There's a story over in John 11. You know there's a story where Mary and and Martha were a little upset with Jesus because their brother died. Remember that story? Come on. Mary and Martha were good friends with Jesus. Not only were they good friends, but they were benefactors. (laughs) Come on, that means that they supported him. They were what we might call faith partners in his ministry, right? They supported him financially, and uh, they cooked, and they served him, and all of that. They were connected to his ministry. They gave to the ministry. And you know the story of Lazarus and how he was sick, and the girl sent a message over to Jesus. And they said, your friend, Lazarus, is sick unto death. Will you please come? Jesus didn't come until four days later. And the first question they asked Jesus, first question when he got there was, where were you? Come on, has anybody ever prayed and needed God to show up and you felt like he didn't show up? Now, we might not admit it this morning, but later on we pray and say, where were you? God, where were you? I really needed you, really needed that thing at that time. But it went ahead and died, or we thought it was dead. God will breathe life into it. And so here we have the girls asking the question, why weren't you here? Why weren't you here earlier, Jesus? And then it's so beautiful. Jesus just comes along. You know he has a purpose for everything. Because that sounds kind of gloom, doesn't it? Like gloomy. It sounds, you know, wow, what's he going to say, you know? But Jesus just has a purpose for everything. And I love this. It's, it's so amazing. And I believe he's speaking this thing to someone this morning. So amazing. He says, calm down, ladies. Calm down. I'm, I'm weeping as well. That's my friend Lazarus. I'm weeping. But he says, I want you to know something. I want you to know today that not only am I the God over sickness, but I am the God over death. And I cannot prove that to you unless you've seen me raise somebody. Not only am I the God over sickness, but I am the God over death. I'm speaking about the God who is the God over dead things. Some dead things in your life. God is here this morning to quicken, to breathe some things into your life. Maybe you have some children who are not serving the Lord and you just want to give up on them. Come on. You think it's a dead issue. 
Maybe you have dealt with a sickness for a long time and you just don't think God is, even cares about it. Or you just think it's something you're just going to have to deal with. Maybe you have a purpose or a, a dream that you've had since your youth and it's never came to pass. God is here this morning to quicken that thing. And when Jesus was there, he said, roll away the stone. He, was, he, he rolled away, he said, roll away that stone. Before we even knew about the roll, he was the original rolling stone. Roll away the stone. And listen, he didn't speak to the tomb. He spoke to the dead thing in the tomb. He spoke to the dead thing. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And then, he, and then here's something very interesting. I don't know if you've ever noticed this about the story. But Lazarus appeared at the mouth of the tomb. Alive. But what did Jesus say then? Take off his grave, loose him, and let him free. Take off his grave clothes. Listen, there's some things that have been dead in your life that God has spoken to, and now they're alive, but you can't recognize them because you still have the grave clothes on them. And God is saying, look, that thing is alive in your life. Take the grave clothes off. Loose that thing and let it free. Come on, let it, let it go. There may be something in your life that God is resurrecting now. And he's telling you, take the grave clothes off. The thing is no longer dead. I believe God wants to speak a word of resurrection life to some people. Come on. And to this church. Come on. An even better example was Jesus himself. Because he went to the cross and he took the beating and the, the nails and all of that. And he took the keys of death and hell and the grave and he went down but he didn't stay he rose again from the dead with the quickening power of the holy spirit now that's important that's important it's an important ingredient because he did it by the holy spirit let me just finish up here with a few scriptures this and this is important first peter 3 8 says being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the spirit right he was made alive by the spirit Romans 1, 4, and he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the what? Power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going somewhere with this last piece here. In fact, I like what Paul said over in Philippians 3, 10 when he said, I want to know Christ, but I want to know him. He says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to know him, but I want to know that power that resurrected him. I want to know that resurrecting power in Christ. And listen, I know this thing is real. It'd be one thing if it was just a story about Lazarus. It'd even be another thing if it was just a story about Jesus being raised from the dead, resurrected. But that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it says in Romans 8, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, guess what? It dwells in you same resurrecting power that Jesus had. You have yourself this morning. You have it in you. That's why we sing, this is the air that I breathe. That's why we can sing that song. What is the air I breathe? Nitrogen and oxygen? No, the breath of God is the air that I breathe. That's the life. Jesus asked Peter as people were leaving him, 
people were leaving Jesus because he had some hard sayings over in John chapter 6 and and chapter 14 and all that when he said, eat my flesh and all of those things. And and his disciples began to leave him. And he looked around. He said, wow, you know, they're all leaving me. He looked at Peter and said, will you leave me too? Peter said, where will I go? Your words have life. You are the life. If I get disconnected from the vine, guess what? I'll be dead. But I want to stay connected. 